0: That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over work with the bylaw, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. i long did to take you guys to figure out that. Oh, okay, show my hands. Friends. Wave on praise. Yeah, I don't know, know about, you, about you, but it's funny. Funny. Feeding the monkey is the way we refer to those random ADHD thoughts that take over your mind when you're supposed to be paying attention to something important. Hello and welcome to Feeding the Monkey, Volume 12. Um, Last week we looked at, are the great apes omniverse? And they are. And we looked at um, something else, but I don't remember what it is because I'm in North Carolina this week, so... I'm not sure exactly what i found yet. I'm sure it was unusual. Meanwhile, this is my favorite week. This is Criminal Minds Week. Love me some Criminal Minds. I can't imagine people not knowing what Criminal Minds is, but just in case, it's an American police procedural that has been on the air for uh, probably 12 or 13 years, I would imagine, and it follows a group of behavioral analysts as they go around and attempt to solve crimes as members of the behavioral, behavioral analysis unit in uh, uh, the FBI. And one of the characters' name is Dr. Reed, and he's so much fun, he's super smart. And one of the characters is um, I don't really, I'm not really good with all their names. One of them is uh, Rossi, and he's like the spirited Italian guy. And anyway, so Reed is laying there on the couch with his eyes closed, and Rossi says, I could never do that. I can't nap like that. And Dr. Reed says, I'm not napping. I am awake. I'm actually wide awake. But for future reference, polyphasic sleep is completely natural, quite common in the animal world, and highly beneficial. Well, that was news to me. I've never heard of it. Um, this is in the episode Divining Rod, by the way, if you're dying to go watch it. So, biphasic sleeping, we have to, there's, there's several definitions that we have, to, we have to know first. Biphasic sleeping refers to sleeping in two segments, whereas polyphasic sleeping uh, is sleeping 20 minutes every four hours on a strict schedule. That doesn't sound like a lot of fun to me, but there you go. Four hours on a strict schedule. Um, you'll have to excuse my voice today, by the way. I do apologize. I've got a bit of a head cold. i um, trying to sip some water so that I don't sound too stuffy. So if you hear anything weird, uh, that's what's going on back there. Oh, if only there was video, right? <laughs> anyway. So, sleeping 20 minutes every four hours on a strict schedule does not sound like any fun to me. It allegedly, will give you um, some kind of, some kind of, uh, uh, I mean, you're sleeping what? You're sleeping about an hour and 15 minutes, an hour and 20 minutes a day? Doesn't sound nice to me. Um So, anyway, polyphasic sleeping is that. Biphasic sleeping, though, makes a lot more sense. In At Day's Close, historian Roger Eckrick of Virginia Tech put together diaries, uh, court records, some anthropological records, and uh, literature to demonstrate that many people slept in two sittings, what was called dual sleeping. There was a first sleep, which began after dusk, followed by a waking period of one to two hours, and then a second sleeping period. During the waking period, people would pray, read, have sex, and even visit neighbors. I kind of wonder if uh, they did that all at the same time or not. Probably not, huh? In the early 1990s, uh, a psychiatrist named Thomas Ware Conducted an experiment in which a group of people experienced darkness for 14 hours a day, every day for a month. So basically, it, the the lights were on for 10 hours and then off for 14 hours uh, at a set time, uh, no sunlight or anything, helping them to, uh, to go through it. Um, So uh, it took a while for their sleep to become regulated without the the assistance of of dusk and twilight and dawn signals to wake them up and put them to sleep. Once it regulated, by about the fourth week, the subjects settled into a very distinctive sleep pattern. They slept for four hours, then woke for one or two hours, and then they went into a second four-hour sleep. So, basically, they did biphasic sleeping. So, in this book, At Day's Close, uh, it was published four years later. It unearths more than 500 references to a segmented sleeping pattern. This was in diaries and court records and uh, medical books as well. Homer's Odyssey has a mention of it. To an anthropological account of a modern tribe in Nigeria which still practices biphasic sleeping. So if this was common, and if this is a natural rhythm, and people will go to this rhythm if they don't have dusk and dawn symbols, what happened? Why do we no longer do this activity? So by the 1920s, so it's fairly recently, by the 1920s, the idea of a first and second sleep had receded entirely from social consciousness. consciousness, (laughs) consciousness, <laughs> social consciousness. He, uh, he, the fellow who wrote the book, um, uh, Mr. Eckrich, Eckrich, I would guess, I guess is how you say it, uh, he attributed the initial shift uh, from biphasic to what's known as monophasic sleeping, which is one eight-hour block. He attributes this initial shift to improvements in street lighting, domestic lighting, and a surge in coffee houses, uh, which were usually open all night. So, instead of, you know, the lights are off and you're going to have to burn your expensive lamp oil or you're going to have to burn your expensive candles, uh, as the night became a place for legitimate activity, and as that activity increased. Because if you think about it, if uh, when it gets dark nowadays, uh, we turn on a light and we continue on. We eat dinner and read books and watch TV and play on our computers and uh, basically act as though it was still light. So, as as the night, <clears throat> excuse me, became a place, uh, became a time like that, and as activity increased, the length of time people could dedicate to rest dwindled. Um, and he gives some, some really great examples of biphasic sleeping being being discussed or mentioned as if it was just a fact, not an unusual thing. So, for instance, uh, Charles Dickens in Barnaby Rudge, 1814. Um, he knew this even in the horror with which he started from his first sleep and threw up the window to dispel it by the presence of some object. On the room, which had not been, as it were, the witness of his dream. Um, so it mentions his first sleep. Michael, uh, excuse me, Miguel Cervantes, Don Quixote, 1615. Don Quixote followed nature and, being satisfied with his first sleep, did not solicit more. As for Sancho, He never wanted a second, for the first lasted him from night to morning. So you notice that in this instance, Don uh, Quixote and Sancho are notable because they do not do biphasic sleeping. Uh, This is a particularly old one. Um, This is an old English ballad, Old Robin of Portingale. And at the wakening of your first sleep, you shall have a hot drink made. And at the wakening of your next sleep, your sorrows will have a slake. Um, and again, employed as if it was just natural. Uh, the Tiv tribe in Nigeria used the terms first sleep and second sleep to refer to specific periods of the night. Um, all these sources are by Roger Ekerich. Um, I am a person that sometimes suffers from insomnia in the... The thinking here is that insomnia is so prevalent because we insist on trying to sleep for eight hours a night, and that's not a natural state for us. So I'm going to try this and see uh, what I think about breaking up sleep into two patterns. They don't necessarily have to be four and four, by the way. Uh, Something called the siesta sleep pattern, because that's what it's used in many Latin American countries, the siesta um, is a six-hour sleep and then awake for a good portion of the day up until the early afternoon, at which point a two or three-hour nap is taken, and then and then continuing on uh, from that point. And many businesses in um, Spain or excuse me in the Spanish-speaking countries and uh, Latin American countries, many businesses are not open. Uh, from the m- mid afternoon until the early evening because of the uh, siesta time and everybody's asleep. So there you go, siestas. <music> By the way, I want to make sure that I don't forget to mention that the natto contest is probably still on. I doubt that there have been 500 Facebook likes, likes. but just remember, um, 500 Facebook likes, and I will record a video of myself eating the nastiest uh, Japanese delicacy, uh, NATO. So, you know, if you're interested in that, make sure you forward it along and so forth. So, our second segment today, More Criminal Minds, Season 7, Episode 2, called Proof. In a confrontation with Dr. Reed, the character called JJ says, You are mad that Hotch and I controlled our microexpressions at the hospital and you weren't able to detect our deception. Um, interestingly this is also the premise of the now cancelled series Lie to Me uh, where which was about a group basically of um, for hire human lie detectors for lack of a better word uh, Lie to Me was a pretty good show I enjoyed it um, so what in the world is a micro expression now we're going to talk about a fellow named Paul Ekman and Paul Ekman Uh, basically formulated the, uh, not necessarily the idea of microexpressions but the idea that they can be uh, that you can be taught to pay attention to them and that you can use them to determine if someone uh, is telling you the truth about how they're feeling or if they are lying so uh, Paul Ekman has a site and it's paulekman.com p-a-u-l-e-k-m-a-n.com uh, what he says is microexpressions are very brief facial expressions. They last only a fraction of a second. They occur when a person either deliberately or unconsciously conceals an emotion. Dr. Ekman's research has revealed that seven emotions have universal signals, and these seven are anger, fear, sadness, disgust, contempt, surprise, and happiness. So, um, so basically, if you do a fake smile, and what you're really thinking is, uh, your face will make a spe- specific facial expression that is common amongst all humans, cross-cultural and everything else. The really interesting part about that is that it works cross-culturally, uh, cross-racial lines. It doesn't matter where you grew up, where you were born, etc. You will make these same faces. Um, So let's just look at them briefly. First is the surprise micro-expression. In surprise, uh, the brows are raised and curved. The skin below the brow is stretched. There are horizontal wrinkles across the forehead. The eyelids are open. The white of the eye is showing both above and below the pupil and uh, the jaw drops open and the teeth are parted there is no tension or stretching of the mouth so and, and remember this is just in the fracture of a fraction of a second that you're going to see this happen um, there's fear brows are raised and drawn together this is usually in a flat line there are wrinkles in the forehead there in the center between the brows not across the upper eyelid is raised but the lower lid is tense and drawn up the upper eye has white showing, um, so above the pupil there's white showing, but there's none showing below the pupil. Uh, disgust. I love disgust. Upper lid is raised, the lower lip is raised, the nose is wrinkled, the cheese, cheeks are raised, and there are lines below the lower lid of the eyes. Uh, basically, this is, uh, appears to be your average pucker face when you, when you squish your face all up and go, um, next one, anger. and anger. the brows are lowered and drawn together. There are vertical lines in between the brows. The lower lid is tensed. The eyes you have either a hard stare or possibly bulging. I don't know how far out out on its stocks or whatever. Lips can be pressed firmly together with the corners down or in a square shape as if the person was actually shouting. The nostrils may be dilated. there may be panting even. And the lower jaw juts out. If you see that micro-expression, you might want to watch out. Happiness. Uh, Corners of the lips are drawn back and up. The mouth may or may not be parted. The teeth are exposed. A wrinkle runs from the outer nose to the outer lip. The cheeks are raised. The lower lid may show wrinkles or it may be tense. There are also crow's feet near the outside of the eyes when you're talking about sadness you've got the inner corners of the eyebrows drawn up drawn in and then up the skin below the eyebrows uh, is triangulated with the inner corner up the corner of the lips are drawn down The jaw comes up and the lower lip pouts out. And interestingly, sadness is the hardest micro-expression to fake. It's very difficult to either hide sadness or to pretend to be sad because of this expression. Contempt, this is the easiest one of all. Y'all are going to be able to remember contempt without ever even reading the show notes, which are available at feedingthemonkey.com. Hint, hint. Contempt. Uh, the upper lip of the mouth raises to one side. That's contempt. Think Elvis Presley constantly had a look of contempt on his face. The, the upper lip, the upper lip of the mouth raised to one side. Uh, so that is the micro expressions, and now you can be a human lie detector. I guess if you wish. So next week, um, the television show *Deadliest Catch*. I like television. I watch. I watch a lot of television. I like procedurals, police procedurals, detective procedurals. I like the reality shows, and I love *Deadliest Catch*, which is about the crab fishermen. And *Deadliest Catch* is divided up into two uh, parts. The first part is the king crab season, and the second part is the opelio or. Um, uh, snow crab season and i've always wondered how do they only catch the kind of crab that they're looking for on this show because the when the they they're fishing in the same waters with the same boats you it's it's uh, i don't understand why they can catch they only catch king crab in one part and snow crab in the other part when they're fishing in the same place so how does that happen also, I believe we have all been attacked at some point by a cat who uh, has spied our foot moving under a blanket. I do it on purpose, actually. I like to play with the with the cats with my toes. Um, but my question is, do cats know that's your foot? They see your foot go under there. Do they retain that knowledge? Do they have that kind of of, uh, of, um, permanence, object permanence, that they realize that's still your foot? Or do they think it's something else? So, also, uh, do do cats know if that's your foot? I appreciate you very much for listening, um, I can be reached if you have questions or comments or you have a topic that you would really like me to look at um, at monkey, M-O-N-K-E-Y, at feedingthemonkey.com. I can also be contacted on our Facebook page at Feeding the Monkey, right there on Facebook. There is also a website, www.feedingthemonkey.com, and it has current updates and news and the if you click on show notes there, that's where you can find all the links for all the research that I have done. So you don't have to take my word for it. You can click on the links and you can read um, the same articles that I did. And maybe you'll come to a different conclusion, which would be very interesting for me as well because I'm always looking for new things to learn. Um, again, thank you so much for listening. I can never say that enough. And as always, I will leave you with some upbeat outro music. Have a nice week. Oh, but wait, 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 wait. Stop, stop, stop. Um, there's just one more thing I needed to add. We could do a quick trivia game. Sounds that were in the background today, because I'm working from a home theater and I will be making that home theater much more soundproof. The sounds that you heard today, a garbage truck, there were several cars, there was a plane, there was a wind chime that was pretty constant. Uh, The collar of one of my cats has a bell, and that bell came from time to time. There was a text message received. The, uh, The washing machine pulled in water, which shakes the whole house. There was a sound of furniture moving. That was actually a silent cat fight that was going on in another room. So I will be working on eliminating those sorts of things. And I do apologize if they've been distracting for you. Um, I try very hard to make this as quiet as possible, but I need to do a little more of that. So please accept my apologies. And now back to the upbeat outro music.